Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Tuesday, December 27th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, we hope you survived your turkey hangover, your booze hangover, your aggravating family, relative hangover at Christmas time, all of that good shit. And you're back here. You've made it. You've survived. You've lived to see December 27 and ready to get things rolling post-Christmas portion of the National Hockey League season. The NHL back after a three-day break over the Christmas holidays and we have a massive NHL card taking place on this first day back after the break uh, a whopping 11 games on the board and as we always do on this show especially we all want to reiterate this every now and then for people just maybe watching this for the first time we are the only show that breaks down every single game on the board every day and uh, that makes this show so damn great and so damn special and speaking of so damn special all our viewers and listeners, they are so damn special yes. in our eyes and in our hearts, uh, and we appreciate them. Look at them already flooding our live YouTube chat as we do this show. Uh, they're already fired up and ready to go post-Christmas break, and we appreciate that very much. Before we get into the card, just Alex, uh, how was the Christmas holiday for you and uh, ready to rock? It was nice. Uh, you know, we dealt with a lot of cold, didn't get the snow that I know a lot of people are dealing with and uh, thoughts and prayers are with everybody who's been affected, especially in that Buffalo area. Another Sabre game canceled, which is super unfortunate, too, because this is a team that we all kind of really liked getting on a nice little roll and uh, now having these delays, you know, could come back to bite them later down the line, depending on how they wedged them into the schedule, of course. But obviously other more important issues to deal with uh, in that part of the country. But it was a nice time. Nice to have a couple of days off of hockey. Nice to recharge. And it's funny, somebody mentioned in Twitter yesterday, I think it tagged both of us, and kind of asking, like, what do you expect to see for the first couple of days? And, it, you know, it varies. Like I said, this has been kind of a different season. We, we've seen this, you know, be a more defensive season overall than the last couple of years. Of course, this is truly the first full season to get back into the regular rotation, starting in October, ending in June. So, you know, a lot of teams are trying to get back into that the, the patterns. We may not see the same things that we've seen in recent years coming out of the break. And I would tell everybody to kind of tread lightly. Uh, that's going to be the kind of the mantra of today's show uh, on my end. Tread lightly. Stay away from those big favorites. Almost treat this like a, a second a second opening night for certain teams. Uh, the couple of teams that I'm not going to bet on that I'm circling the watch to see how they respond out of the break because I think they needed the break. Uh, Colorado will be one of those teams I talk about. So that's the thing. This is kind of a, uh, you know, we got to read and react a little bit before we just jump right back in. But this is the time of year, though, once we do finally read and, and react, we'll be firing, uh, you know, left and right. This is, you know, getting toward that second half of the season, which I love. Me, somebody who plays a lot of regulation draws. We see a lot of teams that are fighting where every point counts, and they're not going to put themselves in position to get out of there with zero. Sometimes uh, they might go in and force that OT get that one point in the standings that is very important now so we get to you know watch the standings and, and teams are chasing others right now it's not so much about the individuals they their score there's a lot of scoreboard watching that's going to be coming up more and more as we move forward yeah there's no doubt is we're getting to that point where and it's getting there we're not there yet but when all-star break arrives it's really going to 
feel like it, that the push for the playoffs is going to begin. But you're right. As the season gradually goes along, the games get more important and the points become more important for sure uh, for all of these teams. So uh, it's going to be interesting here. And this is, again, you're going to hear a familiar theme as I break down every game when I give you the analysis from my end on each game. I'm going to be giving you the three days or more of rest stats uh, for these teams because every single team on the NHL board is playing on extended rest today, obviously. Uh, you've either not played since last Thursday or last Friday uh, in every instance. So uh, we're going to know, you know, we've got at least some teams that have got at least a handful of games this season where they've played on extended rest, which is considered three days or more. And those stats will, again, you don't blindly bet uh, games based on that solely and only that, but it's definitely a piece of the puzzle uh, that you can use in your handicapping here on this first day after the break. And yeah, I remember years ago, you know, Alex, when we came out of the Christmas break, we actually had a very sloppy, very high scoring first day or two after the uh, Christmas break. But I think there's also been an instance, I think just recently, the last year, and I remember the schedule has been all over the place because of the pandemic the last two years where it wasn't quite the high scoring uh, you know, onslaught coming yeah. out of the break. So that's why it's good on a night like this to pick your spots and make sure that you're using fundamental ha matchup handicapping too yeah. in your uh, repertoire tonight. Don't just say, oh, it's the first night after the break. This is going to go over. This is going to go under. No, look at the series history. Look at the form. Look at obviously injuries, matchups, goalies, all of that. You've got to do your regular matchup handicapping, I mm -hmm. find. You've still got to do that, even in these odd situations where you've got teams coming out, every team coming out of a break. Yeah, you use pieces of the puzzle to incorporate that in your handicapping, like the extended rest stats, you know, momentum to and uh, going into the break, coming out of the break. But at the end of the day, it's the matchups and team A versus team B. You can't forget that fundamental breakdown in your handicapping. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a very good point. And as someone who's a situational based handicapper, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, there's more work to, to do on a night like this. And, and like you said, it's not hard work. It's work you should be doing anyway. But you have to focus more on what's, uh, you know, taking place in, in the recent future, not looking at the long term and just kind of understanding that, you know, the tonight is truly the, the adage of, you know, one game at a time. This is definitely I said the first three days out, out of a break. You have to take this one bet at a time uh, if you're a better or handicapper. You have to just kind of say, okay, this is where they're picking up from, From but let's see what things are going to move forward. Like we talked about it at the end of the break. We talked about how teams, you know, Chicago is a great spot because they don't want to go into the break on a losing streak. That doesn't mean they're going to come back out and say, hey, we won the last game. Now let's go win eight, nine in a row. Uh, and, and conversely, uh, you know, a team that had been rolling hot like Minnesota doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're going to go back into a losing streak because they've been off. Like I said, everything is it's a case by case basis, and uh, you know it's more important to to watch and learn in these first three games than just fire away blindly. That's exactly right. And uh, with that in mind, it is time to start breaking them down here. 11 games for this Tuesday, and we'll begin with the Boston Bruins taking on the Ottawa Senators. Boston minus 195 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, the uh, Boston Bruins are going to hope that uh, the pre-Christmas part of their schedule is just a harbinger of things to come for the post-Christmas portion of their schedule because this was – really hands down October right until we finished up before the Christmas break. Uh, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. They finished the Christmas pre-Christmas schedule, winning four straight, uh, three at home against Columbus, Florida, and Winnipeg. 
Uh, and then they go on the road and they beat the uh, New Jersey Devils 4-3. Did have to hang on a little bit as the Devils made things very interesting uh, in that third period. But the Bruins hung on and got that 4-3 uh, victory. Bruins topped the Atlantic Division with 56 points. How about the number one goal differential in the NHL? Plus 56 uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. So they have been obviously very good at both ends of the ice. They've been excellent offensively. They've been keeping the puck out of the net defensively. The goaltending from specifically Linus Allmark has been absolutely outstanding this season. And uh, Jeremy Swayman, though, uh, will be in between the pipes tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins uh, in this game. That is a, a confirmation. And he hasn't been nearly as good as uh, Linus Allmark, but the numbers are still solid. And they can clearly still win games with Swayman and net. Seven and three uh, in his 10 starts. This season, 2.65 goals against average, 8.98 save. The, the save percentage isn't the greatest. I will say that 8.98, uh, but he has kept the uh, goals against at a solid level. Three and two, by the way, against the uh, Senators, but a three goals against versus Ottawa uh, in his career. Uh, the Ottawa Senators uh, losing three straight going into the break, and this is going to be one of those fascinating games where you know. Normally, Alex, what I'm doing here in a spot like this is sometimes I try to make a case for the team that struggles going into the break and they're coming out of the break. It's a chance to hit the reset button. And maybe that's an opportunity for Ottawa, whereas the team that's red hot and rolling going into the break, they get disrupted. Momentum gets thrown off by the break. And maybe I look to bet against them. That being said, I'm not doing that here. Uh, I'm not going to be looking to do that here. It's just Ottawa's got too many issues, in my opinion. Uh, they are extremely banged up on the blue line right now uh, as well. Artem Zuba's out. Jake Sanderson suffered uh, an injury uh, against the Capitals on Thursday right before the uh, Christmas break. Day-to-day uh, -day with that uh, upper body injury for him. Uh, you know, the good news is for the uh, Ottawa Senators and another uh, heart-in-your-throat moment is Thomas Shabbat got banged up in one of those games too, but he is fine. Uh, he will be in tonight for the uh, Ottawa Senators, but they're dealing with a little bit of a banged up blue line. Uh, no question about that. And does concern you when you're going up against a team uh, like uh, the Boston Bruins. I remember these teams played, obviously, earlier this season uh, in Ottawa, and it was a wild one. And that's putting it mildly. It was the Senators who caught the Bruins on the second of a back-to-back. -back, and I think it was the Bruins' first loss of the season, if I'm not mistaken, when they lost to the Ottawa Senators way back on October the 18th, 7-5. to five. And they caught Ottawa – or, sorry, they caught Boston in the perfect spot. Yeah. And I think I was on Ottawa that night uh, as a home uh, underdog uh, in that game. Or Ottawa was actually favored in that game. But uh, I was on Ottawa, I remember it. And it ended up being 7-5. to five. I mean, Boston got off to this pitiful start. But they chipped away, chipped away. They actually tied the game. It went back and forth. And Ottawa eventually, in a high-scoring affair, uh, outlasted the Bruins uh, by a score of 7-5 to five, uh, in that game. But they did catch, uh, obviously, like I said, the Bruins on a back-to-back -back, uh, situation. The Senators were rested. Swayman was in net that night, and it was a rough night for him. So this is going to be a chance for uh, uh, redemption, possibly, for him going into this game. This is one where I definitely have a lean over the total, uh, either a Bruin team total over or maybe even the full game over. Because given, you know, Ottawa's success, you know, against Boston and the success against Swayman in particular in that seven to five game, maybe an opportunity for Ottawa to contribute on the scoreboard as well in this game. And I certainly don't trust Ottawa to keep Boston held down. We're talking about a Bruins team that 
going into the Christmas break, they scored 18 goals uh, in their last four games combined. So uh, obviously had no issues uh, lighting it up and finding the back of the net. The power play was on fire for Boston uh, as well. And actually, the power play was very good for both of these teams going into the break. So special teams good on both sides. Maybe a little sloppy affair. Again, a shorthanded blue line for Ottawa. We talk about how that's usually an over situation, at least in my opinion. So I do have a small bet. I'm keeping things a lot smaller tonight uh, on the card overall. But I do think the over could be something to consider here with Bruins and Senators. I did play it over six and a half. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Bruins, Senators. So, yeah, I've taken kind of an NFL approach to borrow uh, a little trend from our old friend Teddy Covers. He always would like to say, if you like a team one week and you have a chance, bet them again the next week or fade them the night and, and fade them the next week. Well, I'm going to be on Boston, but I'm also kind of looking to fade them tomorrow because tomorrow's spot – uh, in a second of back-to-backs playing against New Jersey. If you re- remember, the break ended with them winning against New Jersey 4-3. to three. They rounded off four goals in the second period, but New Jersey fought like hell to come back and, and, and make that game a lot closer, almost forced overtime. So what I like here, I like Bruins team total over 3.5 minus $1.20. Like I said, Ottawa's got a ton of problems. And I do remember that game that you mentioned at 7-5. You know, I actually had the over in that, so that was a, a nice cash. But I think – Ottawa's not going to be able to handle Boston. I think this Boston team, someone mentioned it in the chat about Pittsburgh being a veteran team used to the rest. I think Boston's in that same boat. They're you know, going to know how to handle coming out of this break well. So I don't want to lay a high price, even regulation. I'm going to go team total over three and a half. But I'm also going to look to take New Jersey at even money tomorrow. Uh, I can grab that right now at Online. Uh, I think that this will be a good Boston game. They'll put in some effort, but I think it might be a little bit of tough sledding having to head right back to Newark. Uh, in a game uh, against a team that they almost blew a lead against and a, a Devils team that really desperately needs to get back in the right right way. So that's what I'm doing, two plays for the price of one right there. Yeah, it's a good point by Ray. It's true about the travel situation. All road teams flying to their game this morning, basically early this morning. Part of the uh, new uh, uh, bargaining agreement is that uh, no travel uh, pre-game uh, day during the Christmas break. It's yeah. three days and you're at home. You know, you're at home Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every road team flying out bright and early this morning, day of the game, yeah. uh, essentially, to play tonight. So doesn't mean, hey, fade all the road teams, but obviously it makes their situation at least a little bit more uh, difficult. Yeah, it's a little more different. And that's why I, I said at the beginning of the show, this is more of kind of like a second opening night feel because that's usually yeah. the only time the beginning of the playoffs or the beginning of regular season, the only time you usually see teams flying to uh, a venue day of the game and kind of starting things over So. Yeah, first period overs in particular tonight, maybe. I mean, is that is that that where teams are going to be at their most vulnerable, most, you know, you know, problematic in terms of handling the puck turnovers, the brains aren't totally screwed in yet following the Christmas break? Definitely potential. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't talk anyone out of a first period over, not like uh, hammer the board with them, but if you want to put a small parlay together of first period overs, it's not a terrible, horrible idea, in my opinion. Tonight's a real good night to look for them live because based on the board and what I'm seeing, I haven't seen anything higher than minus a dollar fifty is a couple of twos, of course, with teams that deserve to be at two. But with the one and a half, I'm seeing some cheap prices between minus a dollar twenty-five and minus a dollar forty. Haven't been able to say that in a long time. No doubt. All right, Chicago and Carolina here. Look at this price. Uh, <laughs> minus 460 here on the Carolina Hurricanes as home favorites, six being the total uh, in this uh, game. Uh, anyone buying that Peter Morozik facing his former team, fired up, going to shut out the Hurricanes? Uh, anybody? Anyone? It's like Ferris Bueller. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. 
no, I guess not. Um, no, and I don't trust him either uh, to do that. Now, there is that angle into this matchup, and Morozik is confirmed as the starting goalie for Chicago. He will be up against his old team. Definitely something that I'm sure will instill some excitement, you know, want to play well. Everybody wants to play well, but does, everybody doesn't always play well uh, in these situations. And if there's someone you could, shouldn't trust necessarily to play well, against his former team. It's Morozik right now. He's just been not very good. We know that. Uh, he struggled since returning from his one of um, millions of groin injuries that he seems to have suffered. That's what it feels like uh, over the last uh, few years. Uh, it's been a rough go for him. Uh, coming go, Going into the break, it was a rough go for him. I mean, you look at the numbers here. Uh, this Winnipeg start, he gives up seven. Dallas, five. Boston, six. Uh, seven to Washington. Uh, three goals allowed to Minnesota, four to Nashville in his most recent start that they lost 4-2 uh, against the Predators. I mean, it's just been really, really tough for him. The numbers are uh, ghastly, 2-8, uh, and eight, 4.22 goals against average, 874 uh, save percentage. It's been rough. There's no question for uh, Peter Morozik. It's been rough, obviously, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. That being said, we did see this uh, Chicago team uh, step up, snap their uh, very uh, rough uh, eight game losing streak and they did so at home against Columbus five to two great call by Alex he, you know that says sometimes Alex knows his team well and he said that was the time to bet them and sure enough they got it done uh, five two against the Jackets uh, on Friday night that being said it was the returning Alex Stalock uh, in that Friday night for the Blackhawks played pretty solid two goals allowed on 29 shots not bad at all uh, especially considering how much they've been giving up goals lately uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. But now you go back to Morozik, whose confidence has been shot, you know, essentially by his recent play. Uh, and Carolina going into the break. Now, does the break throw off their rhythm? That does concern me a little bit. I mean, eight straight wins, playing some great hockey, complete hockey. You know, their offense is rolling, uh, especially the last portion of that win streak where they scored five against Dallas, three against Pittsburgh, four against New Jersey, four against Pittsburgh, six against Philly. You know, you saw this team uh, play well down the stretch. I know Rod Brindamore wasn't thrilled with the way they finished the game against Philadelphia, and rightfully so. Uh, they had a big lead. They almost let it get away from them. Uh, I think they're going to want a better 60-minute effort tonight. I don't feel great about anything in this game. I mean, I certainly did want to bet the team total uh, for Carolina, but it's four and a half at most books. The only thing you could maybe look at is if you want a little extra security on that, could get it at four minus 120 at BetMGM. We've talked about BetMGM all the time when it comes to betting team totals. You get those half goal increments when you bet team totals at BetMGM. And you can find Carolina there over four minus 120. It's about the only thing I'd consider in this game would be that bet over four. Team, uh, Carolina team total but other than that nothing much what do you think here Alex yeah it's funny because I was looking at that too and I'm thinking do I, want, I really want to just go at four because this could easily be a three nothing a three one game yeah. and, and that's what it feels like in my gut so the thing I might look for I, I, well, I do like it. it's Hurricanes first period puck line land a half a goal at plus 100 we've, we've talked about it at nauseum how the Hawks just don't show up in the first period they did get the first period over and the cash, uh, like I said, in that game uh, against Columbus. But that was an isolated spot. It just – that screamed Hawks uh, win at home. Now we get back to reality. They've lost six of the last seven against uh, Carolina. In Carolina, 16-5, and five, the Hurricanes, the last 21 meetings against the Hawks. They have dominated. There's a reason for this price, but no reason to lay this kind of chalk. Just try to look for Carolina, you know, team totals live. Uh, even look for, like I said, maybe first period over live. Wait for that 138, 140 to drop down to even money. 
uh, and jump in on that. I could easily see this being a 2 nothing Carolina lead. So I just want to attack this in-game. Uh, don't want to take any full-game looks. And like I said, you know, I, I had a feeling they were going to play Morazic in this spot against his old team. It, I don't think it's going to mean much. He just looks so out of sorts. And maybe the rest helped him, maybe not. Where That's one of the things I do want to look to see. If he still looks like he's in bad form and is still kind of struggling to, you know, uh, cover from post to post and, and, and his movement uh, has, hasn't improved, then that's something, you know, we continue to look at the Hawks the same way and continue to fade him. Yeah, uh, no question about that. I do want to point something out here, though. Uh, I, I do like Max Domi tonight for Chicago. Again, against his old team. Remember, uh, part of that Carolina team uh, last uh, season. Remember the game seven he played against the Boston Bruins? Yeah, and now he gets to face his old team uh, tonight as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. I think his props are worth a look. Uh, here in this one, I think that's an angle that's worth uh, consideration. It's not like I, I expect Chicago to uh, fire a bunch of uh, pucks in the net tonight against this stingy uh, Carolina team, especially if we see Piotr Kochekov. But that's not a certainty. You know, it could be Ranta because of his connection, obviously, sure, uh, in the past to being with Chicago. So it's very possible Rod Brindamore rolls the dice and gives the old veteran uh, the start tonight, anti Ranta for the uh, Hurricanes. It hasn't been confirmed yet, so it's definitely something you want to keep an eye on prior to puck drop. Yeah, that probably makes more sense. I think Ranta's record, I have to look it up. I'm pretty sure he had a he had a really good record against Chicago uh, in his career. I'm just trying to bring that up now. At the uh, same time, Pyotr Kochekov has a connection to Chicago. Not the Blackhawks, but Chicago playing the AHL uh, there, of course, last se- yeah. season. And he, and he got the start uh, in Chicago and got the win. So that's uh, a point as well. But Auntie Ranta, yeah, 4-1-1 one, one with a 1.48 goals against a 9.54 save percentage and a shutout. So I would not be shocked at all to see Ranta get the start over Kachekov tonight. Yeah, yeah, that would not shock me uh, either, uh, no question. Uh, and uh, definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. Sebastian Ajo, just like, uh, look, they were winning without Sebastian Ajo. And, of course, now they've got him back. Uh, in the uh, lineup. He returned in the game against Philadelphia, the final game before the uh, Christmas break. And, and now this team is pretty much uh, as, about as healthy as you can ask for up front for the most part, other than Kasha and Pacioretty who've been out all year. Uh, so, you know, this team definitely is uh, ready to roll here for the uh, moving forward post-Christmas uh, break. And uh, yeah, I certainly think the Carolina first period puck line. I mean, I know Chicago snapped the ugly uh, trend of uh, the opponent cashing the first period puck line uh, earlier on, but uh, definitely, um, you know, against Columbus, I should say that finally we saw a Chicago opponent win in the first period, but that's probably few and far between. Columbus is horrible right now. So I say, you know, I always say you're not out until you lose two, right? You're not out until you lose two in a row. If you've been riding something, you don't jump off and probably until you lose at least two in a row. So I say, yeah, that's probably the best way to go about it. You know, if you're going to find any any kind of bet that's worth making on Carolina tonight, it would be first period puck line yeah. uh, for sure, especially given Chicago's struggles, you know, in the opening period uh, as of late. All right, next up, we've got Washington and New York. Capitals, Rangers, uh, Ca- uh, Rangers minus 155, home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. I mean, I'm going to probably lay off the side here uh, as far as I'm concerned, or and the total for that matter. It's probably going to be a stay off type of game uh, for me. Uh, it is worth noting this has actually been a kind of an under series history recently. The last two meetings have gone under, both of them won by the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers are a team that got their game back definitely prior to the Christmas break, uh, going seven or eight and one rather uh, in their last nine games. But how about Washington, nine and one 
in their last 10 games before the Christmas break. So you have two teams obviously playing extremely well right now. This is more of a prop game for me. But, you know, obviously they're, uh, it, it, this is also a game, too, where when you look at this matchup, both teams can play either way. Could be low scoring, especially when you've got uh, the number ones in net on both sides, Darcy Kemper and Igor Shosturkin, uh, both confirmed as the uh, goaltenders here in this game. But nevertheless, I mean, it's not like Kemper's completely found his game since returning uh, from injury. He only had the one start since his recent absence against Ottawa. Gave up a couple of goals in that game. Shesterkin playing a little better, obviously, uh, right before the Christmas break. But, you know, hasn't been that brick wall he was much of last year, and especially in the playoffs. So I do think there's a potential we could see, you know, a couple of these goal props that I'm looking at in this game hit. And the number one that that I'm uh, prop that I'm looking at from the uh, New York Rangers tonight is the young kid, Vitaly Kratsov. Uh, this is a great situation for him. He's been going to be moving up to that top line spot. Uh, it was a spot that Jimmy VC had for a period of time, and he actually made the most of it. You would see Jimmy VC actually uh, scoring some goals there, producing points for the Rangers, playing with Zabanajad and Panarin on the top line. Well, now it's Vitaly Kratsov's opportunity to be on that top line for the New York Rangers tonight against Washington. So Kratsov props make a whole lot of sense to me uh, in this one. Uh, against Washington tonight. And look, he's actually a player that's, I think, earned the promotion. He's been noticeable lately. He's been, you know, getting some uh, production going for this uh, New York Rangers team uh, prior to the Christmas break. If you actually look at it, you know, he scored a couple of goals there. He's going to get more opportunity now uh, here uh, on the uh, top line. So uh, Kratsov, you can get uh, in terms of his props tonight. Goal prop is at plus 525 at Caesars. So definitely something to uh, look for. Uh, in this game for Washington, of course, uh, we know Alex Ovechkin right before uh, the Christmas break against the Winnipeg Jets had his big night. You know, uh, Mark Howe uh, was in a, the Howe brothers were in attendance there uh, to see it uh, breaking Gordy Howe's record, getting the two goal performance fitting. One of them was in an empty net, honestly, uh, with just how common that has become uh, for uh, the uh, for Alex Ovechkin finding the uh, empty net with so many of his goals. Uh, but, uh, you know, is there a little bit of a, I don't want to say letdown because you've had the break, but uh, will Washington be able to recharge again here and bring their absolute best? So I do have a lean to the Rangers, but I'm not going to lay a buck 55. And I'm not, even not crazy about playing regulation because I could see this being a pretty tight game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Washington, Capitals, New York Rangers. Yeah, I'm actually leaning toward the draw here. I could definitely see this being kind of a, a tight battle. Uh, and, and, of course, like, you know, looking at Ovechkin props, uh, you know, maybe looking at over one and a half points. I still think we're going to see that residual of Ovechkin's going to find guys open and other guys are going to be able to score. I mean, we saw it, it before he got the empty net goal. I don't know if you watched that game and watched that sequence. Ovechkin actually passed to another player before he ends up getting the puck back and shooting it from near the blue line. Uh, that's just got the kind of player he is, and that just shows you that how incredible this 802 mark really is for him because he's a guy who is not just shoot first anymore. We saw the, this evolution in his game. Now he can find guys open. He understands that he's the top guy on the ice, but in, in knowing that he realizes, Hey, they're going to double team me. Sometimes they're going to, you know, uh, have more pressure, more eyes, more active sticks on me. If I can find a guy wide open, I'm going to do that. So uh, I, I still wouldn't count out looking at 
uh, Ovechkin assist props, you know, two assists or a game over one and a half points, of course, that, you know, covers him if he gets a goal as well. So that's going to be something I'm just going to kind of look at here and there with, with Washington moving forward. But it's just a lean with a draw, nothing official on a big card like this. All right, lean to the draw here for Alex with the uh, Capitals and the uh, New York Rangers uh, in this one. Uh, there's someone I think I was talking about, too, for the Rangers that's actually – Barkley Goodrow has actually made the most of an opportunity lately, too. He was uh, moved up the lineup as well, although he's back down to the fourth line tonight for some reason. He's getting demoted again, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'd stay off that now. He's not going to obviously get that same uh, ice time as a result. All right, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Islanders. We've got the Penguins minus 135. Road favorites here, five and a half being the uh, total in this game. Uh, you've got the Penguins that were playing some excellent hockey themselves right before the break, eight, one and one in their last 10 games. Uh, although they did ha have a tough setback against Carolina. They lost to Carolina in Carolina uh, uh, last weekend, then got them again uh, in Pittsburgh and they were up three, two Carolina ties it late and then wins in overtime. Very disheartening for Pittsburgh losing two games to uh, Carolina within that one-week span. They did beat the Rangers 3-2, though, uh, as well. The first time playing the Rangers since that seven-game playoff series loss uh, in the first round uh, last year. Uh, the Penguins definitely surging. Can they get that rhythm and that confidence and that, you know, that overall game back once again following the mini break here? That's always the concern with backing teams that were red hot going into the break. Can they get it right back again? The first game after the three-day uh, Christmas break, that's going to end up being the question here. Islanders not playing so good uh, going into the break. Uh, two and five uh, in their last seven games, and they beat Vegas, and they beat a struggling Florida team. Very good win against Florida, but Florida's definitely not playing great hockey right now, especially defensively uh, at the moment. And the Islanders took advantage of that with a 5-1 uh, to one, uh, victory in that game. Um, to me, it's a Pittsburgh lean for sure. I think minus like the price has gone up. That's the problem. Uh, good on everybody betting it at even money because look, this open, actually the, a lot of the books posted lines for this card on Christmas day. And of course, Christmas day or with family, you don't get it. You're not looking at the live odds screen for hours on end on Christmas day, obviously. Usually. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're some, unless you've really got no family life or life in general. Uh, going on but nevertheless um that open minus 110 to minus one at minus 110 minus 115 i really like pittsburgh and they're a bet of mine absolutely at that price but you know now you're talking minus 135 you know you're talking about a team that you worry that the break stunts some of their momentum and you and again you got the road team traveling the day of laying a price uh islanders aren't horrible uh, but I definitely lean Pittsburgh. I just don't love where the price has gone. I would only look at the Penguin side, and it is worth noting. I know Terry Edelman's banging this drum. Uh, Ilya Sorokin's not been good lately uh, for the uh, New York Islanders. There's no question his play has diminished. His play has declined. He's on a bad skid uh, overall. Uh, if you look at the uh, starts coming into tonight, he's actually dropped. Uh, you know, Actually, he was on going into that Florida game. Ilya Sorokin uh, was on an eight-game uh, losing streak in his starts and he snapped that with the win against the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, so, but he has not played as well lately. There's no question uh, in net for the um, Islanders. Whereas Jari has been pretty solid throughout much of this great run that Pittsburgh put together before the break. So yeah, I definitely lean Pittsburgh. I just don't like that the, where the price has gotten. Uh, in this game what do you think here uh, alex penguins islanders yeah i like this over at five and a half uh only land a dollar 20 and somebody mentioned yesterday about looking at this from a live over perspective which of course that's been my kind of circle spot for uh, pittsburgh for quite some time now but 
we don't even have to wait for it. I mean, you can if you want to really get a plus price, but that's I probably would recommend this going over five and a half. Uh, and I don't mind laying a dollar twenty here. Like I said, Sorokin's been been off, and Pittsburgh's a veteran team, and, and the Islanders are, are for the most part a veteran team too. I don't think these two teams are going to have issues getting geared up. I think they're going to be fired up right away, and uh, we should see some goals here. So maybe look for if you look for anything in game, I'd probably look for a better price in the first period over. But uh, I think this goes over five and a half, so that's the only thing I played. All right, like an over five and a half. And uh, yeah, that's again, and you talk about the Islanders and for, you know, a long time we considered them an, an under team. And you actually look outside of Colorado uh, on December 19th where the Islanders lost in a shootout to the Avalanche, one nothing. I mean, we've seen the over going into the break was 4-0-1 in their other five games. You know, Boston, Arizona, Vegas, the Rangers game all went over the total. The Florida game had six goals. It was a push, but six will get you over this total uh, here at five and a half tonight. So uh, the over definitely, I could I could see it. This is not that same, you know, just tighter than a duck's ass defensive-minded hockey team from the New York Islanders. Not quite. I mean, that's still, you know, they play that way, but I think Lane Lambert lets the offensive guys go a little bit more compared to what we saw under Barry Trotz. And we've definitely seen some evidence of that. So I, I like where you're thinking there with that uh, over five, and especially now that it's dropped. Well, it's actually opened five and a half, and it's basically stood pat right around five and a half at most books. So uh, Alex liking uh, over five and a half here at a pretty good number. All right, Minnesota, wild Winnipeg Jets. We've got Minnesota minus 120 uh, road favorites, six being the uh, total. Uh, in this game, uh, the Jets 12 and five at home this year. Uh, they've certainly played good hockey in front of the home faithful. They did not play nearly as well uh, going into the break, and they kind of cooled off a little bit. I don't want to say coming back down to earth and uh, the real Winnipeg Jets are showing up. They were playing a little bit above their heads earlier on this season. They're they've definitely shown a lot better team structure, team play at both ends of the ice this year under Rick Bonus, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. But they did stumble a bit more, three and four in their seven games before the break. Uh, the victories coming against Nashville, Vancouver, and Ottawa. You know, little sisters of the poor element there, unfortunately, for Winnipeg. And the losses before the break, Washington twice, including, of course, the night where Ovi passed Gordie Howe uh, right before the break. They lost to Boston, where they had a 2 nothing lead. They couldn't hold it. They lost um, to Seattle, uh, although in a tough spot. Uh, on a back-to-back, -back. and then uh, the other losses were uh, Vegas and, and as well. So, again, lately we're seeing that the Jets are the more, the more recent wins, Alex. They've been against the weaker competition. They have not been against, you know, some of the better teams uh, on their schedule, and they're going to face, you know, one of those better teams here in the uh, Minnesota Wild, a Minnesota team that you know, goes into the uh, Christmas break playing solid hockey, although they got derailed by San Jose 5-2. Uh, to two in their final game before the uh, break. It was a weird uh, hockey game, that one, uh, where it was. Uh, it seemed like Minnesota, uh, just uh, too many penalties. You can't be uh, in the penalty box and have 28 minutes in penalties and expect to win, even against a bad San Jose Sharks team. And obviously they, uh, they, they paid the price for it. And what happens when you're in the box for 28 minutes during a game? Your top guys don't get going. They don't get in the flow. They don't get in the rhythm. They don't get the ice time they need to to be at their best. And it just puts you behind the eight ball when you're killing penalties that long in a hockey game. You don't believe me? Just watch that debacle from Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championship last night. You can't be in the penalty box that long uh, and expect to win a hockey game. And uh, Minnesota found that out uh, against the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, right before the break. Uh, as far as uh, goaltenders here, it looks like Hellebuck confirmed for 
the uh, Winnipeg Jets. No confirmation yet on the Minnesota side. Uh, and it is worth noting this team, you know, does have uh, Schmidt, Stanley out on the blue line. They've got uh, Wheeler on IR. Uh, Ehlers is closing in on a return, but not ready for one yet. And they're young, uh, up-and-coming forward who's been getting a lot more ice time, top six role. He's been featured in a top six role lately, Cole Perfetti. Uh, he's going to miss at least the next week or so with an upper body injury. So some lineup shuffling coming along here, obviously, for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think that opens the door for some prop opportunities here because you got Morgan Barron on the second line. you got Jansen Harkins uh, moving up to the uh, second uh, line for the uh, Jets. Remember, he's actually the brother of Tyler Harkins, who's joined us as a guest on this show uh, in the uh, past. Jansen Harkins, uh, second line uh, for the uh, Jets tonight. Adam Lowry moving up to the second line. And he's and uh, Rick Bonus going with a Kyle Connor, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, top, top line here tonight, along uh, with uh, Morgan Barron, uh, it looks like as well. Actually, he's changed things up a bit. Uh, it looks like there's been some... There's been some changes since, there we go, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley uh, on the top line, loading up the top line, essentially. I mean, that's basically the three guys that have been outstanding for the Jets all season, and Rick Bonus is putting them all on the top line, loading it up tonight for this game against the uh, Minnesota Wilds. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out here uh, in this one. Uh, I really am uh, at going back and forth here. I find that definitely there's a little bit of value toward Winnipeg here. I mean, you got a good home team. You got a team that's actually beaten Minnesota two times in a row on home ice here in Winnipeg. But at the same time, the Jets didn't play good against the better teams going into the break. They are banged up a little bit. So it's, again, one of those games where I feel there's some value in this number and this price with the Jets. They've won two in a row at home against Minnesota, whereas they've really struggled, obviously, in Minnesota over the years. So I kind of lean Jets, but I don't know if I love it enough to pull the trigger on it tonight in this one. The over could get there, though, six, and we do have a series history that points toward more high-scoring games with the Wild and the Jets uh, in recent head-to-head -head meetings. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Minnesota, Winnipeg. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about how people you know may or may not be looking at these uh, numbers a little earlier. I actually played this a couple of days ago. I like the Jets at even money. And, uh, you know, Minnesota has struggled in Winnipeg, lost nine of the last 11, even though this is a, kind of a back-and-forth battle. And the two teams that, you know, went into the break, you know, Minnesota was playing well. They've won seven of the last ten. Winnipeg, losing five of their last eight, so they probably needed to break a little bit more. Uh, I, I still think Minnesota is going to make a run and be a playoff team. Don't know if it's going to happen night one right out of the break. So I like Winnipeg here in this spot. I think it's a good price. Winnipeg, and again, 12-5. and five is the uh, record uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets at home. Again, I'm concerned that, again, down the stretch, going into the break, we saw this team not beat the better teams. They did early in the season, though, so we'll see if they can get back to that level. If you still look at Winnipeg, even with not quite playing as well the last week or two going into the break, there's no doubt this team looks just way more together. And, you know, just their team game, start to start, uh, top to bottom, Offense, defense, Hellebuck's still been solid in net. He's had a good year. They're way leaps and bounds ahead of where they were at any point last year, where, where things were just completely crumbling for the Jets. So we'll see if the break gets them back in a positive direction starting tonight here uh, against the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, we got almost 200 live viewers on uh, YouTube. We appreciate that very much. Hit the like button. We will be back in just a second or two with the second half of the Tuesday NHL card. But first, We'll pause to hear from our great sponsors at Gramco. All right. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, 
Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back, and on we go. It is Dallas and Nashville. We've got Dallas minus 135, road favorite, sixth the total uh, in this game, and certainly the Dallas Stars, uh, a team that had a pretty good pre-Christmas part of their schedule, 20 wins overall. Not quite the same for the uh, Nashville uh, Predators. Uh, they did win two in a row last week against Edmonton at home in overtime with Jack Campbell uh, in that and then they beat Chicago, which isn't saying a whole lot. And then, of course, they uh, face Colorado at home, who've been obviously not exactly dominating teams lately. A lot of Colorado's games have been tight, close, and they've just been uh, squeaking them out and getting the victory in those games. And Nashville ends up losing to them 3-2 uh, uh, in their final game before the Christmas break in overtime. If you're Nashville, you're probably thinking, are we ever going to beat this Colorado team? It certainly have given them uh, their fair share of troubles. We'll see how Nashville fares tonight against uh, Dallas, who, again, coming in, going into the break, they kind of were up and down a little bit. Uh, four and two in their last uh, six games, losses to uh, Carolina and Edmonton, but they did bounce back, beat Montreal uh, final game before the uh, break. UC Soros will be in net here for the uh, Nashville Predators in this game. Uh, and it will be uh, Jake Ottinger uh, getting the uh, start for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, in this one. They've played each other twice already uh, this season, uh, Nashville and Dallas. Dallas getting the uh, victory uh, in uh, both of those games uh, earlier this season, 5-1. Uh, and 4-1. So uh, it's been obviously uh, Dallas getting the better of Nashville. Uh, I definitely like Dallas a little bit more in this game, but again, it's another cautious approach for me uh, where I might look at a better price in game, but right now, just a lean here for me toward Dallas at minus 135. What do you think here, Alex? Stars and Predators? Yeah, I got uh, Dallas and Regulation plus 115. This is a Stars team. I think of all the teams that we've seen play well in the first half, I think this is the team that's going to really break out. They can, they are alive to have a New Jersey, Boston style run of, of getting eight, nine wins in a row. I think we're going to see that from them at some point during this second half. That may not be right out of the gate, but I think they get a win here tonight. I like them in this spot here. Uh, so they played Nashville tough. I think this is a team that definitely could have you know used the rest for sure, especially Jake Ottinger, a uh, guy who like I said, was kind of a bit out of sorts, had been banged up getting three days off and, and we're likely going to see him start. I think this would be a good spot for him and that team uh, get a win against the, the division of one. All right. Like in Dallas here and getting it in regulation for a little bit of a better price here, Alex, with the uh, stars taking on uh, the uh, Nashville uh, Predators. Uh, there's not a whole lot I'm going to do with this game from a, a prop standpoint uh, tonight. Although Dallas, the one person I'm going to th throw his name out there again, damn it. Wyatt Johnston, man. He's only 19 years old, and it's incredible to see how this guy is playing for the Stars. He's now scored in three straight games, points in three straight games, and he is definitely going to be on my prop card tonight. You better believe it. 
Uh, he's found ways to contribute, make an impact. And at many books, you can still get higher than plus 400 on him to score a goal tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. And that, again, is something he has done in three straight games for them prior uh, to the uh, Christmas break. So uh, definitely great value there with a Wyatt Johnston goal scorer prop tonight taking on the Nashville Predators. All right, Toronto and St. Louis. We've got the Leafs and the Blues here. Leafs minus 175, road favorites, six the total. Pretty much across the board here uh, in this one. Here's another situation where Toronto, right before the break, uh, even many of those games without three starting defensemen, and they managed to play some excellent hockey. Uh, they ended up going six and two in their last eight games before the break. Uh, a couple of w home wins against Tampa and Philadelphia. Remember, Philadelphia was the next generation game. They do that every year in Toronto right before the Christmas break, that weekday afternoon matinee home game. And uh, Toronto dominated that game, kind of fell asleep with the 4-1 lead, but they did what they had to do. They got two points. And, you know, we saw it with Philadelphia against Carolina as well. I don't think you penalize teams for nearly blowing a lead like Toronto did to Philly or like Carolina did to Philly. That's Philly. Philly works their tail off for 60 yep. minutes. They've done that all year. Uh, so I think you credit Philly more for, you know, not holding the tent down multiple goals than you'd blame Toronto and Carolina for, blowing the leads in the third period of those two games. So I don't fault Toronto for that. They're playing great hockey. I certainly like their form more than St. Louis going into the uh, break. And here's the fascinating thing about St. Louis. And I've said this repeatedly about the Blues on this show all year. When they're winning, you bet on them. No question. When they're in the middle of a winning streak, you ride them because they can get on a red-hot streak as a team. And they've done that all year. They've been probably the streakiest team in the NHL. But when they're on a losing streak, it seems like they just keep losing. Yeah. You know, so they will reel off a six, seven game win streak and they could just as easily drop seven or eight in a row. They've done that repeatedly uh, this season. So now the Blues lose two in a row going into the break against Seattle and Vegas. So now they're on the downslope again. And uh, so I'm not exactly rushing to bet St. Louis. That being said, holy mackerel, you are not getting any sort of value or bargain with the Leafs by any stretch of the imagination. You're talking about them against a St. Louis team that for years has at least been, you know, playoff caliber team, won a cup a few years ago. They've certainly had their ups and downs, a roller coaster ride of a season so far. But here are the Leafs laying a buck 80 on the road against the St. Louis Blues. That's like, you know, that's like a year or two ago, you'd have Toronto laying these prices against some absolute bottom feeders no. in the NHL on the road. St. Louis has definitely got their issues with consistency, but they're certainly not a bottom feeder. They're certainly not a horrible team by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, and they get the guy that's carried their offense for uh, many weeks now back from injury tonight in uh, Jordan Cairo. He's expected to return tonight for the uh, Blues uh, in this game. So as much as I don't uh, want to fade Toronto right now, I'm also not going to get involved with them in any form here. Uh, money line, regulation line is not exactly great price either, value-laden. So I'm not going to look at – I'd look at a Toronto team total maybe over. I'd look at definitely the full game over. I like that because I think the Blues could find the back of the net here. They're going with Ilya Samsonov tonight, the uh, Leafs. And uh, if you actually look at his last – and I'm surprised by this because they've been going back and forth. Matt Murray one game, Ilya Samsonov the next. But this is actually going to be back-to-back -back starts because Samsonov got the Philadelphia game right before the break. And if you actually look at the way he's played – uh, Samsonov, the last couple, not nearly as good. You know, he's been off his angle. He's given up some bad goals. There's a couple goals against his old team, the Capitals. You know, he should have stopped them. And the Philly game was not his best either. So 
Blues could probably find the back of the net here. And as good as the Leafs have dug in defensively during this run, you could see the Christmas break kind of leading to a little lax defensive effort possibly tonight from Toronto. So I like the over here, uh, over six with the uh, Leafs and the Blues. And another recent series history where the over is cashed between Toronto and St. Louis. Three straight head-to-head meetings have gone uh, over the total. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Leafs and Blues. Yeah, this game's going to be a pass for me because, it, I mean, it makes sense to look toward the over if, if you're going to play anything in this game. But like I said, sidewise, I don't trust St. Louis, even at, at this plus for, uh, this big plus price. Definitely can't lay 175 or 180 with Toronto where they've lost eight of the last 28 meetings uh, against the Blues. So that's going back away. But still, laying that kind of a price on the road, usually not a good idea, but especially when you have a trend like that. Uh, this is a complete stay away game as far as side goes. Total, maybe watch it and see what the pace is like and maybe even get a better adjusted number live. And Jordan Bennington in net for St. Louis. He's obviously had a up and down. He's been all over the place this year. 12 and 13 record, 3.14 goals against average, 896 save percentage. And he's actually not played well against Toronto uh, in the past. This is actually a Leaf team that's done very well uh, against uh, Bennington. So, uh, another factor in me pointing toward goals tonight in this matchup between uh, Toronto and St. Louis. This might be one where I'll probably split it with the Leaf team total over three and a half and the full game over six. A little bit of both for me in this one. All right. Battle of Alberta. How about that? Weird scheduling. I, you know, it's kind of weird. I mean, you're just coming off the Christmas break and you throw the Battle of Alberta out there. Uh, here, the first game for both of these teams off the break, Oilers and Flames, uh, Calgary minus 150 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, obviously, the uh, Calgary Flames have been uh, all over the map with their uh, first part of the season prior to Christmas, but they did win three of four. Granted, San Jose twice and Anaheim. How excited do we get? for those being the three victories for the Calgary Flames uh, before the uh, Christmas break. That being said, the offense is starting to get going again for the Flames, and that's been obviously an issue earlier in the season. When they were going through their streak, they weren't necessarily playing horrendous defensively. Their goaltending was kind of erratic with Markstrom in particular, and to a lesser extent, Dan Vladar. But a lot of the problems during the struggles of Calgary earlier this year was just the offense dried up. You know, there was just not a lot, a lot of production, but you're starting to see Calgary get that side of their game going a bit. Uh, they scored a grand total of 18 goals uh, in their last 14 game, in their last four games, I should say, combined uh, before the uh, break. So a good sign there that they are starting to get revved up offensively. We'll see if they can uh, carry that over here, but minus 150, no thanks. I know I, they're starting to get their offense going, play a little bit better. Uh, but minus 150 against a very capable Edmonton team, uh, not, not something I'm interested in. The Oilers, I mean, 5-2 loss to Vancouver, not a good performance from them. That's concerning. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not pushing the panic button with the Oilers yet, but I took them against Dallas, knowing that they hadn't lost a four in a row yet this year. They were on a three-game losing streak going into that game. They played a hell of a hockey game against Dallas. That six to three win. And it's a sign that, okay, you played one of your better games in a while. You're supposed to return home, not fall flat. You're supposed to return home with confidence and beat up a Vancouver team that's been struggling all year, that's awful defensively, that's on a back to back after a massive comeback the night before against Seattle. You're supposed to pounce on a team like that. And to see them not do that, or actually they did, they actually got off to a two nothing first period lead. 
then they fell asleep. And you give up a goal early in the second, and you let Vancouver hang around, and then Vancouver took over that game as it went along. So very disheartening to see Edmonton really unable to string together any cons- any extended degree of consistency and success this year. Just hasn't co- constantly been there uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So I think you've got Calgary, you know, and uh, talking about how they went through a brutally tough road-heavy schedule, a lot of games in a short period of time. I think the break absolutely, Alex, comes at a great time for Calgary. Daryl Sutter was talking about it repeatedly in the games in his press conference following each game right before the break. Talking about, we need a break. We've played a lot of games. They're grinding. Uh, they're just trying to get through it all. So the Christmas break definitely should have a re-energized Calgary Flames team tonight. But not at minus 150, and I think Edmonton's not feeling too good about laying that clunker against Vancouver. So I expect both teams to bring it. That has me going over the total in this game, six and a half. They're both trending that way. Uh, Edmonton has gone over the total, 5-0-1 in their last six games. Calgary has gone over the total in five of their last six games. The Battle of Alberta has been largely high scoring, dating back to March of 2022. Trace it back to that a point. And you see that the over is cast five of the last eight meetings uh, between these two teams. And there was a seven in there and we got seven goals. So really six of the last eight meetings have gotten to seven or more goals head to head. So that's what I'm looking at more than a side is over six and a half here with Edmonton, Calgary. Battle of Alberta, Alex, what do you like? Yeah, I'm standing away from my side too. I love this first period over Edmonton nine in a row, Calgary 12 and two, the last 14 and eight, five and three, the last eight meetings between these two teams. We know, like I said, this is a heated rivalry. One of the most heated rivalries in all of hockey, a lot of, uh, you know, pushing and shoving after the, you know, the whistles, a lot of four on four opportunities, power play opportunities. I think we're going to see goals here early and often. So uh, getting two at even money, going to go with Oilers flames over in the first period. All right, there it is. Oilers-Flames first period over here for Alex uh, in the Battle of Alberta. All right, Colorado and Arizona. Dylan Dubé, folks, I don't even need to say it. You guys know. Dylan Dubé, man. Uh, get on those props for him. Uh, he's been absolutely remarkable and still underpriced uh, in the prop market compared to Lindholm, to Foley, everybody he's playing with. I don't even mind Big Luch, and if you want to sprinkle on him. he's Since he's been moved up to that second line, he's had chances you know, to put the puck in the net. But certainly number one option is Dylan Dubé. You could get plus 320 for him to score a goal. He's only minus 120 to get a point. And if you want to go power play point, he's been clicking with the man advantage a couple of times as well, plus 400 uh, to get a power play point. So all those Dubé props, we've been uh, betting them before the break. We'll get involved in it once again following the uh, break. All right, uh, we've got Colorado, Arizona. Arizona uh, Colorado minus 220, road favorites, five and a half the total. Uh, in this game, uh, something's got to give here because you've got Arizona at home where they played certainly better hockey. I mean, I've, I've talked about this. They are they're a team I'm in no rush to bet against here at the Mullet Arena, you know, believe it or not. Ever since that month long road trip from hell ended, they beat Boston at home. They beat Philadelphia at home. They beat the Islanders at home. 5-2 loss to Buffalo at home, but it was 3-2. And two empty net goals made the lead look bigger or the final margin of victory look bigger than it actually was for Buffalo. Uh, A tough uh, overtime loss to Montreal uh, at home, 3-2, a game they easily could have won. And then they beat L.A. uh, in a shootout right before the uh, Christmas break. So, you know, this is definitely an Arizona team that I'm not betting against them in this price range at home. And if you actually look at the way they played with Colorado 
uh, head-to-head the last few meetings. Arizona's won two in a row uh, against Colorado. Last year, down the stretch, February 1st in Colorado, plus 420 dog. Arizona wins in a shootout, 3-2. to two. And then Arizona at home, uh, March 3rd. Of course, their old home in Glendale last year, plus 320 underdog. They won 2-1 to one in that game. They play Colorado tough. Three of the last four meetings, uh, Arizona's two and two in the last four meetings, but one of the Colorado victories as well of those two that Colorado won was in a shootout. So Arizona has really been a thorn in Colorado's side. And Colorado, you know, enters or comes out of the Christmas break winning four in a row before the break and five of their last six overall before the break. But look at these victories, 3-2 in overtime, barely against St. Louis in overtime. St. Louis struggling at the time. Little Lowly Philadelphia and 3-2 hanging on to put that game away late in the game. A 3-2 win against the Flyers. They lose to Buffalo 4-2 at home. 3-1 against Nashville with an empty net goal to put that game away. 1-0 in a shootout against the Islanders at home that they win. 2-1 against Montreal in overtime. Oh, and by the way, Montreal was ahead for much of that game as well. And then the last game was a 3-2 overtime squeaker against Nashville in a game where also Colorado fell behind. You know, so I've got a – this is actually in terms of volume of bets, the one I've got the most on tonight in terms of volume. I'm on Colorado first period money line because they've been a slow starter, all right? Nashville game, slow starter. Montreal game, slow starter. I mean, we have seen this repeatedly with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. uh, A bunch of games where they have not started strong early in these games. So, you know, Arizona first period, probably worth a small look. If you want a little security, you could get an Arizona puck line at a decent price, plus one and a half, minus 140, and certainly a little bite at the plus 180 to plus 190, you know, with Arizona on the money line here. Connor Ingram's in net. So your big fear is going to be he's in between the pipes, not Corral Vamelka, not ideal, not optimal, but it's no question about that if you're backing Arizona like I am. Nevertheless, one thing we've seen from this group is dig down, play well at home, stay in the game. And to be honest with you, Ingram's number's not uh, nearly as good. I thought he played pretty well in the Buffalo game the last time we saw him. It was a better start, and he did face 41 shots uh, in that game. And, and look, Colorado's just not scoring right now. It's been very difficult for the Abs to score goals. I mean, just six goals in the last three games for them before the Christmas break. They missed McKinnon badly, and... We also talked about how they've transitioned to a much tighter checking, more conservative, defensive-minded team. And I think Jared Bednar realizes we've got to play this way right now because we're just not scoring goals up and down our lineup. So nine straight unders for the Colorado Avalanche going into the Christmas break. 9-0 and to the under uh, in their last nine games. And look, the last three meetings head-to-head with these two teams have also stayed under the total. So, yeah, even with Ingram. Uh, a few uh, small Arizona bets for me, particularly the first period money line and the full game money line split. Uh, I just can't ignore that Colorado has their hands full with this Arizona team and nothing they're doing these days. The abs is coming very easily or by margin. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Uh, Colorado, Arizona. Yeah, you know, I was going to stay away from this game that I alluded to at the beginning of the show. I said Colorado, the team I want to watch and, and see how they do in this contest. This is a team that's been very banged up. Uh, I thought by now they would be kind of getting into a rhythm, getting back toward the top of that division, the, t- the top of the Western Conference. But that's going to take a while, I think. Still, they still need a, a full lineup to get back to that spot. But this is, like you said, an Arizona team that's pesky at home. 
And Colorado knows the offense has been an absolute issue. I think that's where they're going to come out hot tonight. I think we're going to see goals here. So I'm looking at that first period over. It's as cheap as a dollar eighteen at Bet Online. I got a uh, dollar twenty uh, earlier at BetMGM. This definitely feels like it could be where Arizona, you know, presses the tempo, but Colorado has enough to press back, and we could see a couple goals. And the fact that Connor Ingram's in that that kind of helps to sweeten the deal as well. So first period over for me, but I still want to just kind of. This is more of an observation game. I'm not going to probably even do anything live, whether that hits or not. I just want to see where Colorado's at right now. Of course, uh, Arizona, as pesky as they've been at home, maybe they folded up at some point you know, at due time. I do expect them to kind of regress a little bit, even in their home splits, uh, and just be the bad team that they are wherever they're playing. Yeah, I think at some point you will see them hit the, you know, they'll go into their funk again, Arizona, at some point, even on their home ice. It's a question of when is that going to happen? It could happen tonight, but at the same time, I'm going to bank on what they were doing before the break, and I'm going to bank on the fact that they've given Colorado just a shit ton of grief. You know, in the last four meetings, they've all been tough games for Colorado, uh, including back-to-back, most recent head-to-head meetings, Arizona won both, so... Uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep the good vibes going at the Mullet House tonight, hosting uh, the Colorado Avalanche. As far as the props go, I do, as usually uh, I do, want to point out Nick Schmaltz. He has been just red hot for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you go back to his last uh, eight games, and Nick Schmaltz has six, seven, eight, nine, ten points in the last eight games for the Arizona Coyotes. He's been uh, absolutely uh, on fire. For this team, certainly from a point standpoint, and he scored twice in the last three games as well uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So he's an absolute great form. He's probably worth a prop look tonight uh, in this matchup. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got San Jose and Vancouver. Uh, we've got the Vancouver Canucks minus 135 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total six and a half uh, in this one. Um, for me, it's just, you know, I. I, I Picking between these two teams is not something I'm looking to do right now. And certainly from a, a standpoint of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, uh, they're still not a team that I'm really interested uh, in trusting right now uh, in terms of minus 135 home favorites, just way too erratic. I mean, all you got to do is look at their last two games uh, or last few games before the uh, break. I mean, they have some horrible losses. And then suddenly they're beating Seattle and Edmonton. They're coming back from a big deficit to beat Seattle. And then they stun Edmonton with a spot a scheduling disadvantage totally against them, uh, against Edmonton. And they beat the uh, Oilers uh, and on the back-to-back right before the Christmas break. Um, but at the same time, here's Vancouver. They've still got to show it at home. I mean, I know they finally won a home game, and but they came back to beat Seattle to do it. They didn't exactly start well uh, in that game. That's the problem. They're getting behind. In every home game. You know what's not a crazy thing to consider is San Jose to score the first goal tonight. They've just been remarkably horrendous, Vancouver, in terms of giving up the first goal on home ice. They've done it so many times uh, lately. It's just been a repetitive recurring issue for this team. And we'll see if they can uh, fix that uh, here tonight and moving forward coming out. Maybe the break is going to be what fixes the slow starts for the Vancouver Canucks at home. But certainly if you look at form going into this game uh, at home, given get falling behind at home was a recurring theme for the Vancouver Canucks uh, before the Christmas break. I'm just sticking to the uh, total here and looking over the total. I mean, you've got two teams that we just we know they can light it up offensively. We know neither one is trustworthy defensively. We don't know who's in net for San Jose, but whether it's James Reimer or Capo Kakinen, 
It's not like either one's playing great at the moment. It will be Spencer Martin in net for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Maybe the Christmas break gets him recharged and refueled uh, because he is someone that obviously before much of the early part of the season was playing pretty solid in a tough spot, playing a lot of games with Patrick Demko up, but clearly with Demko out, this guy's playing way more games at the NHL level than we've ever seen him play previously, and I think he was starting to hit a wall. You'd noticed a there was a noticeable decline in Spencer Martin, I think, the last week or two before um, the Christmas break. And you look at the numbers, he hasn't given up fewer than three goals in any start since December the 3rd. I mean, he has basically gone uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts in a row, giving up at least three goals. And three starts in a row, he's given up at least five goals for the Vancouver Canucks. So maybe the Christmas break gets him back on the beam, a little break, you know, a chance to get, you know, some of that energy back. You got a little more, maybe it helps your movement in between the pipes. You're not worn down thanks to the time off, but certainly wasn't in his best form, Spencer Martin, before the break. I still think we can see the goals necessary for this game to fly up and over the total. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? San Jose, Vancouver. You know, I've been riding both of these teams with their first period overs, but I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to go first period, both teams to score, plus 145. It's something I haven't been doing a lot lately, uh, you know, because, you know, you get screwed sometimes. One team gets two goals, the other team gets nothing. So uh, this is one of those spots where I feel confident enough, like you said, Vancouver's had issues where they've given up uh, the first goal, but they do have enough to to punch back, especially against the San Jose team. San Jose's numbers have been great. Five straight uh, first period overs cash before the break. Uh, also been one of the, the top teams as far as getting uh, seeing a goal in the first 10 minutes. So uh, this is one, you know, you could go over two, but I play it a little safer and just go both teams to score in the first period plus 145. I like that approach as well, uh, San Jose of Vancouver. And that's a good thing to do. I mean, especially um, the only thing you always fear, like if I'm going to go both teams to score first period as opposed to over one and a half in the first period, is you fear, okay, uh, two nothing, you know, obviously, you know, you, you'd cash over one and a half. You wouldn't cash both teams to score. But I think in this instance, there's a re- relatively solid op- a chance for both of these teams probably to find the uh, scoreboard. Uh, find the back of the net in the uh, opening period. And I think when you look, too, at San Jose, Vancouver, I think I've been on the over in both every game these teams have played head-to-head. Yes, indeed. Uh, Vancouver's won, actually, seven straight against San Jose. They've dominated. And I've been on the over in each of the two meetings earlier this year. We saw a 4-3 overtime win and a 6-5 overtime win for Vancouver. Uh, Both of those in San Jose draw you know, actually might be appealing to me. I could actually, I think I, I'll put a couple bucks on the draw here. I absolutely will. I actually, if you look at the series history, four, three of the last four meetings uh, have gone to overtime or a shootout. So I think the draw is worth a look here with the uh, Sharks and the uh, Canucks tonight. And certainly like over six and a half. Again, uh, both previous meetings this year between uh, these two teams have gone over the total. All right, final game of this massive Tuesday card, Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, We've got L.A. minus 115 to minus 120 home favorites uh, in this game. The total six uh, pretty much across the board here in this one. I like L.A. here, actually. I like the Kings here uh, in this spot. I mean, I think this is this opportunity for them where they didn't exactly play, you know, great hockey. I would say they didn't play great hockey about the last month, month and a half prior to the uh, break. But going into the break, we started to see things, you know, come back together again for the Kings. Thought the uh, 
resilience they showed against Calgary where they got off to the quick lead and Calgary tied it and they still battled back and they found a way to win overtime was a good win for them. Uh, you know, they beat up on uh, uh, obviously Anaheim and San Jose. It doesn't so, show you much, but they had a huge win against Boston, 3-2 in a shootout against the Bruins on the road right at the end of that road trip. You know, I think it's a sign that eh, the Kings are starting to pick things up again. Their defensive game slowly improving as well, which is good to see. That had been an issue, keeping the puck out of their own net for a long uh, period of time. And look, Phoenix Copley is the better goalie right now for the LA Kings than Jonathan Quick. The numbers prove it. I don't know if it's a confidence issue with the team, but they've played with a lot more confidence with the puck, with Phoenix Copley, believe it or not. Gentlemen's Apparel. Uh, there's actually Copley Men's Apparel store in uh, Southern Ontario. I always call him that. Uh, Phoenix Copley Men's Apparel here. Uh, he's been excellent. The, the win-loss record, 6-1 and one for Phoenix Copley. That's seven starts for the LA Kings, 6-1, and one, 2.49 goals against average, 9-10 uh, save percentage uh, here for him in these outings. He's played very solid in net for the uh, LA Kings. And I'll repeat, with the Vegas Golden Knights, they are a beaten-up hockey team right now. With no Zach Whitecloud, with no Shea Theodore, you know, two of their starting defensemen uh, still out. Uh, Jack Eichel still on IR. Uh, they've got Jonathan Marcheseau a day-to-day. No telling if he'll be back tonight uh, for this uh, game for the Golden Knights. Same thing uh, with Paul Cotter right now going into this game. So Vegas is definitely a, a shorthanded group. Credit to them for getting two wins in a row before the break despite all the personnel issues and all the injury issues, beating Arizona and St. Louis back-to-back uh, -back before the break. But, you know, can they keep doing that here is the big question. And if you actually look, uh, L.A., you know, has been uh, competitive with, with Vegas more often than not. These two teams haven't played since October the 11th, and I hate revenge angle, and that's not the reason I like L.A. here, but it doesn't hurt that the last time L.A. played Vegas was that very early season. I think it was the first game of the year for both teams. It was October 11th in L.A. I thought L.A. played a pretty good hockey game, but Vegas ends up winning 4-3. It was a turnover in the final minute. Mark Stone capitalizes on it, and Vegas wins that game by a score of 4-3. to uh, So it was a d disheartening type of loss. Uh, for the LA Kings the last time they played Vegas here, and it was in this building back on October 11th. Uh, I think LA gets them tonight. And again, this is a Vegas team that's still very much vulnerable right now with who's out of the lineup. So uh, looking at the uh, Kings here at minus 120 uh, tonight, what do you think here, Alex? Golden Knights and Kings. Yeah, this is the game that I think is going to be pretty tight. We'll see a draw here. I mean, that's the pattern we saw from LA for the last five games uh, overall have gone to overtime or a shootout. And like you said, I think this is definitely one of those teams that needed the break, L.A. I think they will uh, come out, play much better hockey moving forward. But I think this is going to be kind of one of those games where they, you know, like I said, the Golden Knights, as banged up as they are, they can hang around a bit and, and make this kind of a tough battle. Uh, I could see this being a 2-2 or a 3-3 contest. So I'm going with the draw. I grabbed it at plus 335 a couple hours ago. It's now 330. I've seen some 320s around. So I, anything in that 300 or better range, I like it. I definitely it should be a good game. I'm looking forward to this one here in the uh, late night hours. It's just I think this is a great opportunity for the Kings. They started to get their game back right before the break. They've got the goalie that's been just fantastic for them for the most part. Uh, again, do we think Phoenix Copley is going to maintain the goals against and save percentage and win loss record he's got right now uh, two months from now? Of course not. But you wait for evidence that he's going to hit the wall at some point before you start betting that to happen. 
as far as I'm concerned. And right now, uh, he is feeling it for the uh, LA Kings. Although I want to point this out, and I forgot to mention this. I remember the last time Vegas played against St. Louis, and I know I mentioned it the game before, and he scored that night. And he did score against St. Louis as well, and that's Michael Amadio moving on up to the top line for the Vegas Golden Knights the last two games against uh, Arizona and St. Louis, and he scored in both of those games, playing with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone on the top line. He's got four points in the two games since he's moved up to that top line spot for the Golden Knights with uh, Stone and with Stevenson. And once again, totally asleep at the wheel in terms of pricing the props for Michael Amadio. He's plus four, 540 in some sp- plus 575 at Caesars to score a goal tonight. And he's a former LA King as well. You know, this is an organization that he used to be with them, and now he's with the Vegas Golden Knights. You think he's going to want to make an impact tonight? I should think so. And you can obviously get plus 575 at Caesars for him to score a goal tonight. Michael Amadio with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone on the top line. He scored in back-to-back games. It's the prop of the night. It's the prop of the night, in my opinion. If there was a best bet for a player prop and a bargain bin special, this would be it for me. And even though I like L.A. in the game, doesn't mean I can't bet Vegas player props. I always say that. Uh, and I think Michael Amadio at plus 575 to score a goal he scored in both games since he's been on the top line with Stevenson and Stone against the Coyotes and Blues. He's on the top line again tonight. Again, scored in back-to-back games. Is now facing a team he used to play be with in the LA Kings. That you're always got an axe to grind when you play your former team. I think it's just an absolutely terrific look uh, tonight uh, as far as the uh, prop market is concerned on that one. All right, great stuff. That is the Tuesday card. Excellent. Uh, to be back. It's good to have, but you know, as much as we like to uh, recharge the batteries, it was really good uh, to be back in yeah. our back to business and back to breaking down the card. Uh, once again, here on the ice guys show 226 live viewers, clearly you guys were ready for the <laughs> NHL to return with the uh, live viewership that we're seeing here. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. In a few minutes, we will wrap things up with best bets, but first we'll hear from our other great partners and sponsors here at the ice guys from manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit. this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with 
your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You know what the great thing about that ad is? I've got time to rock a piss now on this show. I love it. <laughs> nice. I, mean, I, just, I just literally got back from the washroom. I went so long on that damn thing. Now it's like, hey, I got my new washroom break yeah, now yeah. on the show. Nice. Yeah. Anti- <laughs> coffee break or whatever. It would be probably a smoke break too if I if I smoke. That's not the case. But uh, it's uh, nice to know I've got that uh, opportunity afforded to me now right. uh, with that ad on the show. All right. Uh, great stuff. Uh, best bets. Hopefully we'll rock the best bets as well as other things uh, here on this uh, Tuesday. Uh, Alex, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're heading out to the Battle of Alberta. We're going Flames, Oilers first period over two at even money. Might be able to lay, might even lay a dollar five. That would probably be the, 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 you know, bottom out point for that. Anything, uh, that you'd have to lay more go for the live first period over. But we've seen this team, uh, Edmonton, nine in a row, Calgary, 12 and two, and the last eight meetings, five and three to the first period over. Uh, always a fun robbery, and they always get things rock and rolling right from the first drop. So I'm going to go Edmonton and Calgary first period over two, even money. It's my best bet for this Tuesday night. There we go. Battle of Alberta, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, over two first period best bet uh, for Alex B. Smith. And my best bet for this card, we're going to go right back to Van City. Sharks, Canucks, over six and a half, minus 120. Both meetings this year have gone over the total with these two teams. Uh, Both teams more trustworthy to score than prevent the puck from going in, clearly. And I think you'll see that on display once again tonight. San Jose, Vancouver, over six and a half. Uh, That'll be my best bet for this Tuesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Good to be back. Good to have everyone watching and listening and have you guys back as well. Hit the like button uh, on the way out on YouTube. We appreciate it very much. Oh, and check out patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month. Uh, Of course, daily Ice Guys show betting card posted there. Uh, Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, tons more bonus content on the way in the new year and more. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month for that. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the first night of NHL action following the Christmas break, and good luck with your bets. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. (laughs) 